talking about a new movie we're today talking new well that's a good thing we're we're on a movie podcast we're on a movie so. podcast so it's come to this is a movie podcast that's hosted that. by eric that's me <laughs> i'm charlie and we do a lot of old features but we pay good respect to the new uh, we give the chance to the new stuff hey man we've been in the theaters a bit lately we saw the underwater we saw the gretel and hansel and uh we're oh, here now with the turning the, the, uh, well, you I, saw, I saw the, the turning. turning. That was, saw, that's on you, brother. Man, I saw Fantasy Island. Oh, jeez. I go. That's to, not going to be an episode. Oh man. <laughs> so the Fantasy Island episode is this. Here we now, go. Yeah. <laughs> man, if it's a genre movie and it's playing at the bargain cinemas, I am gonna go. I'm gonna go see The Boy Two next week. Oh, the Brahms. I'm seeing Brahms. I'm seeing Brahm Stoker's The Boy too. You know what? I might actually join you because I've never seen yeah. any of the Annabelle or The Boy. Or I anything. never saw The Boy either. So I could be going in cold like five movies into this series. <laughs> I kind of want that. You, uh, <laughs> when we saw the trailer for The Boy 2, Jason had seen The Boy apparently or seen trailers for The Boy, right? but never saw the movie. And he's like, the whole time he's sitting next to me going, this is already a movie. <laughs> they, they already did like this. The same exact plot. Yeah, he's like, this this movie already came out. Like he had memories of this movie oh, as no. the boy. I've never seen the boy. That's not a great. That's not a great starting point. I do. I do like the Annabelle series. The Annabelle series is pretty good. So I ain't going in fresh. I don't know the Conjuring in... movies, but I just know, I don't want to sit through a whole thing with the Annabelle. Annabelle ones I like more than the Conjuring. Hmm. But the boy, That's I'm enough. going in blind on the boy. Okay, good. I didn't even know the boy was a movie. <laughs> right. What? When was the first boy? It, later, I was like, when did this come out? And it's like, oh, it made 160 million dollars. Oh, yeah. Wow. I you uh, know it did. Yeah. I had no. I, I I had no idea. For some reason, there's a reason it. Made, I must have a sequel. specific filters on my computer. It's like no stuff about boys. <laughs> <laughs> don't want. Don't want to risk this. Block boy. It's a smart word. Move, actually. <laughs> so I I'd never heard of the boy one, which apparently was a horror sensation. <laughs> and so yeah, the, didn't you hear? It made 160 million dollars. <laughs> so Brahms the boy too. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Next I got to know what the Brahms means. I'm like, dropping to me. Four the bucks only thing on I need to Brahms. know is who is Brahms and why is he the boy too? Yeah. yeah. I, oh, but we're here we, to talk about a good movie that came out in 2020. This one, we didn't wait for the bargain cinema oh, no. on this one. We're we, in... we went full theater. We went on the discount night. We went on a, a at the big mat, theater. Yeah, matinee Wednesday there. But we saw The Invisible Man. Yeah. Which... Uh, the new Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse, right? but but also Universal. Uh, it, it's... Uh, sure. Got the, the Universal property. It's, it's one of... The, the Invisible Man is one of the kind of big Universal monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Though we haven't probably had second that... tier, second tier Universal monster, right? If you're going like top I mean, not, three, not if we're talking quality. Top three, obviously, people are going to be thinking Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, and then uh, Gilman. Gilman, one combo the mummy. of those four, mummy in there, of course. Yeah. 
So Invisible Man can't crack those. That's tough. They also got, you know, eight movies apiece. Totally. Dedicated to a male four for the Gill Man. That's my dude. Yeah. The Invisible Man got a few, but that, that, but that uh, first, original. But that first, the 33 Invisible Man, who oh. deserves its status. It's Ooh. a classic. It's amazing. So, yeah, this is an update on that uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's a very different movie. Very, very different. Which is good. And, yeah, obviously. And not as good in some ways. You and I are kind of. I'm conflicted. Yeah. I got to tell you, I'm not going to mince words here. Um, I'm a big fan of the old Universal Monster movies. Sure. And I think The Invisible Man is one that is uh, better than what he gets credit for. Yeah. He's a better monster than what he gets credit for. He's <laughs> may, he may be just a man, and he is invisible, but uh, he's a mad scientist in a way that you don't he's get enough of. He's more mysterious than the other guys. Totally. So I, I love this story. Um from <laughs> the documentary that never got made, My Dinner with Lustig. <laughs> when uh, it was such a fascinating brain picking session, and he dropped this. You line. got to talk to William Lustig. Let's just oh, make yeah. sure you've, everyone knows what's you've going talked on. to him. We're close personal friends. With this. <laughs> he, he knows our first names. We're okay, you know. <laughs> um, but he was talking about Universal Monsters, right? And somehow, the, you know, the topic got to Karloff and, and Lugosi. Mm. And I really love Karloff. It's hard not to. So cool. But Lustig does this like, oh, oh Karloff, <laughs> are you kidding? He's like, no. And he goes, you see, Lugosi, he's a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Karloff, he's like, Karloff has a little too much fun with it. Lugosi's mm. a bad boy. Interesting. And so I love just the ways people look at these universal monsters. So I like that the Invisible Man is kind of a bad boy, whereas the Wolf Man he's a psycho dude, just a guy with some bad luck. Totally. You know, Frankenstein's monster he didn't ask to be created. Mm-hmm. The Gill Man he was minding his business halfway across the world. He's basically a wild animal and got thrown into the shit. Yeah. Claude Rains and the Invisible Man and Bela Lugosi is dra- they're the actual bad boys totally they're the guys with devious intentions yeah the, and that uh, and that plays really cool in that james whale early 30s gorgeous black and white todd browning oh looks so good it's still a classic i think i actually yeah. just watched it recently uh i got it on the laser disc mm. so i watched nice. that the 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 33 uh, yeah the original yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i gotta show you this first of all okay so for the folks at home, uh, on the Laserdisc, this isn't just any... La- uh, I, have an, I have a Laserdisc podcast, yes, Laserdisc Laser course. Discourse. Check uh, it out. We don't get into it too often, but... All right, so here is the Invisible Man copy that I have. It's a Gene Shalit Critics' <laughs> Choice edition. Okay. So apparently... Gene uh, Shallot, so Gene Shalit had his own, like, cottage industry lent his license to Laserdisc? And if you don't know who Gene Shalit is... <laughs> Because you probably don't in 2020. Yeah. He's a, a film critic who had a giant mustache, a bow tie, big glasses, and like a white man's afro. Yeah, just a big Jew and just a big goof. And big like cartoon character. Looked like Pasquale from Chuck E. Cheese. Right. I, <laughs> like the people that know, like, uh, don't know Gene Shaller are going to be like, right, that 1987 uh, Chuck E. Cheese he gives He gives off kind of that Bruce Valanche vibe, though. Just like a kind of a goof. <laughs> 
It is a, a goofball so, Muppet so kind these, of vibe. Okay. This Gene Shalit uh, Critics' Choice Edition has the cover of the movie poster, but then has five different frames of him in a reel <laughs> oh, looking at the camera in, a, in an enticing way. So that's the Invisible Man <laughs> cover. And it's like a, it's like the bad like actor headshot. You know, for they're all in Gene Shalit's eight by tens. Yeah, he's all like sending these out for gigs. Exactly. If you combined all the shots of Gene Shalit's head on this poster, it would be probably a 60-40 split between Invisible Man 60, 40% Shalit. It's Shalit. This is a Shalit. On a on, reel. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Zoom in if you want. All of these. So all of these. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gene Shalit. Early, early Gene Shalit uh, tangent here. Gene Shalit is like if Walter Matthau went into the fly cloning chamber with Paul Lind. Oh, perfect. That's the <laughs> best way to put it. A couple of people re- that no one, else, really, no one knows. I'm, these are the worst references. <laughs> these references make me sound 70 years old. But it's like your goofy grandpa or uncle. He's got that Charles Nelson Riley vibe kinda, to him, or but like he, he could, looks like yeah. Mathau. He, he could be like uh, Super Mario's uncle or he something. He does. He's got the suit. He's got so, Giorgio Moroder <laughs> kind exactly. of vibes. He's got a Mar- There's five different 8x10 glamour shots of Gene Shalit distractingly pasted over the Invisible Man portion of this disc. Now... This is the be- everybody that's, needs to look this. That's cover the up. only Gene Shalit movie <laughs> that's I the have only on Laserdisc. You mean but out I of get, the Gene Shalit Critics out Choice of the Collection? Critics Choice Collection. I only have that one, but a, a friend on Twitter sent me this one, and oh, I have to show you this movie <laughs> oh, that is included in the Gene Shalit Critics this Choice. Is, this is. Do we have a number of how many no. Gene Shalit? No, this is director approved special edition. Okay, Gene Shalit's Critics Choice. <laughs> Last temptation of Christ. <laughs> With like the close-up of bloody Willem Dafoe in the crown of thorns. Blood close-up. streaming down his tears. And then the same five <laughs> shots of Gene Shalit mugging for the camera underneath the bloody Christ. One of the shots of Gene Shalit is him resting his chin in his hands making a did I do that face and it is directly on the cheek of the crucified <laughs> Jesus Willem Dafoe with the crown of thorns tracing blood straight into all of the Gene Shalit photos. Oh my this god. This one of him holding his hands out like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? Ah. Uh. Right. Oh, all the blood's like coagulating in Jesus's mustache right above Gene Shalit's head. (laughs) What? I mean, you can't fault Shalit's taste. Man, he's a good critic. He's got good taste in movies. He knows what he's doing. Poor taste in Laserdisc cover art layouts. That was bad. Oh, God. I'll post, I don't, I'll post that on our uh, our social media for people to see. But I don't know how you have not immediately just gone out and filled your collection with all of the gene shallot i'm always on the lookout i'm always on the lookout yeah but i I like to let them come to me naturally you know i don't do the ebay stuff with them because then you're just you know buying things i like to collect in a way where you have to discover them organic or see or or find them on craigslist or something where someone's selling and 
you have to drive an hour to go. So somewhere. when I buy you one on eBay, it's still organic because then I'm giving it to you that's as a part surprise, of my. Right? That's absolutely. That's it's, it's still. Kung, it's a prized you're part on of like my a collection. Kung Fu journey exactly. And you're just coming across these discs. I would love. This would because I never ask you or no, anything. You've... It's not. I'm never like, hey, if you're ever on eBay, check out the Gene yeah, yeah, Shalit yeah. Last Temptation. It's always Christ. my idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. I just. Hey, I bought I bought you Scream on Laserdisc. Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> it's in the collection. I really want there to be, and if there's, I'm not expecting there to be, so I'm not going to be let down. Okay. But I really wish one day you come across a Laserdisc for like King Kong, and it's called Leonard Malton's Critics Choice, <laughs> and there's like five eight by tens of Leonard. Like I want hope. there to be competing Laserdisc Critics Choice. I can only series. hope. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, the Mick LaSalle. I'll Ooh, let you know. They only released those in the Bay Area. It's the little Chronicle the Peter man Travers, clapping, you in know? His, uh, clapping in his seat. Yeah. Ooh, Ebert's like, I'm not licensing that. No. All the other critics are like, this is our chance. I'll let you know. I'll let you know for sure. Oh, just the same exact 8x10 ribbon just with Leonard Malton making beardy faces. Just like late 80s Leonard Malton. Yeah, with his gray blazer and red sweater. Hmm? Beautiful. Oh. So anyway... <laughs> Go check out The Invisible uh. Man. Later, people. No. Yeah, that's been <laughs> yeah. us. So, uh, new Bloomhouse, and it got uh, good reviews. It's got a 7.5 on the IMDb. Yeah. The, but Lee Wannell is a director of note, a yeah. genre horror guy who's done a lot of, uh, made a lot of money in the, the folks, horror genre. They love him. He, he wrote a bunch of Saw movies. He directed Upgrade, which everyone loved. Upgrade is killer. I can't, Charlie hasn't seen Upgrade. I missed it somehow. Upgrade is great. I like that actor, even, who's in it. Um, he was in The Invitation. Oh, yeah. Which is a great movie. God, I love The Invitation. Um, but um, yeah, I, Upgrade I, I, I'm not against it. Upgrade I just haven't checked it out is yet. super impressive for its budget. Mm-hmm. The fight scenes are crazy as hell. Very impressive choreography. And it creates a realistic sci-fi future world on a budget, but still looks good. Cool. Very surprising. Nice. That was like a red box pickup for me, you know? Great. I'll check it out. So... I went in with this one uh, not knowing much other than, uh, you know, I've, I avoid the trailers. You you saw a trailer, right? I've seen a trailer for this, yeah. Because here's mean... a reason why I know, I wonder if you picked up on this. When we saw the trailer for the first time, you were sick to death that same showing of mm-hmm. all the hand stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every movie This was the infamous the hand. hand trailer. You're like four movies in to these horror trailers. Nothing but hands. Nothing but hands. Yeah, this one had the hand on the uh, on the shower curtain, I think, mm-hmm. effect. Which I don't know if that was. I actually don't think it in was the in the movie. movie. That's yeah. why I brought that up. Yeah, they... I'm waiting for the hand. Like, uh, here's the hand thing. Charlie's gonna hate. It's like, hey, they, they made a, they made a hand thing for the trailer. Yeah, very smart. I, I actually like when movies give you the fake trailer with stuff that you don't see in the movie because it kind of disappoints all the people that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Are just seeing a movie to see the trailer, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about yeah, some the people. people. That, you still get the people like <laughs> kind of overlapping at the same trailer joke exactly. that they've heard a bunch. Right. And you're like, come on, we right. we know that was coming. So I'm glad. But uh, yeah, I knew Elizabeth Moss was in it, and she's great at being in distress. She has been carving out a cool indie and genre career. Absolutely. Of the last post Mad Men, her career took a different cooler direction than i would have guessed she's done some awesome projects in this last decade she was not anywhere close to my favorite part of Mad Men, 
Mm. She has been crushing it ever since. I'm in the minority. I think most people like Peggy. But, uh, man, from Handmaid's Tale up to, like, weirder genre stuff. What's the one that you really liked? Uh, the one I love. The one I love. With the, the Duplass, the Mark Duplass. Uh-huh. Which is a cool one. I, I I have a soft spot for the Duplass stuff. Yeah, I like stuff, the... But um, that one's a really cool mystery. There's a, either a cloning or doppelganger kind of a thing going on with that one. And it's got a great ending. And I, I Duplass I like guys, I always... Um, I'm keeping a safe distance, no matter how much I love their work. Just feels like the odds of one of them coming out eventually is problematic. <laughs> or just good. Yeah. Like Jay true. Duplass problem dude like yeah i knew it i was like that's why i'm never advertising myself as a duplass fan well mark duplass is one of those guys that's a little too like uh on twitter just like a little too like you can do it we believe in you your dreams are <laughs> yeah, like lin-manuel miranda style uh-huh. like a little uh, like all right Tur- buddy turned me hard on miranda let's turn that, that down the, a bit that was the nail yeah so yeah i i have been <laughs> a fan of every duplass project i'm not I'm not going to... I know what you mean. I'm not saying that on a podcast like a dummy or anything, yeah, right. though. I don't oh, want anything tying me We are that. recording. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, and uh, I didn't love the movie, but the performance she gave in her smell was like she was the only person on camera constantly for two plus hours. Is that the, the one where she's the punk singer? She's like Courtney Love, That's basically. Cool. I heard that was a... Someone described that to me as like... Uh, it's basically a, a remake of Macbeth. Yeah. I get that. I don't know. I don't it's, even know the plot of Macbeth. So, uh... It's her on a rager, like, after a, a gig. And, mm. you know, a lot it's of it's played in real it time. Yeah, a lot of smells. <laughs> the, the weird, crazy thing, though, that movie, it never talks about her smell. And Ooh. every time I'm sitting there going, like, what about her smell? What about, yeah. That's what I signed What's up for. What's the deal? No, so she's taking cool projects. Uh, Us. She was great she was in Us. so funny in Her Us. Her and uh, Tim Heidecker yeah. as the white friends. Great, great movie couple. That was one of those where it was like such a joy to see her unexpectedly. Like, oh, maybe I like Elizabeth Moss because I'm really happy that I just saw that she's in this right? movie. That's the key. That's yeah. how you know. That's how you know with an actor or actress when you noticeably <laughs> kind right. of perk up like, oh. Totally. When you didn't know they were in it. And since I'm a psychopath, <laughs> I'm like, I do like the Star Wars fan stuff for like big horror movies. So for us, I didn't even want to like look at the poster. Like I don't want to know a you, thing. You went in. Totally I went in blind. so blind. Yeah. So within four names into the credits, and I'm seeing Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss. It's like, oh. I didn't know that either. I tell you, <laughs> we're in it now. I, I, they were not really advertised. Uh, yeah. So Elizabeth Moss surprise. at this point, when I see her on a genre, I even liked her in the kitchen. And the kitchen pretty much stunk. You know, Melissa McCarthy, yeah. Tiffany Haddish. I, on paper, not a bad idea. It's kind of just like a worse version of Widows, and Elizabeth Moss's character is great. So her name at this point, she's like a favorite genre actress of mine now. I just kind of realized that a year or two ago. So once I found out Invisible Man, Elizabeth Moss, I went in with, uh, well, good with my news. hopes high. She's in literally every shot in of this of movie. Yeah, this is uh, She's super visible. She is, uh, this is her movie. This is a, uh, she carries this thing yeah. on her shoulders uh, the whole way through. It opens with this silent scene of her sneaking out of this uh, palatial mm. estate very quietly. There's very, 
it's very intense. You can see she's drugged this boyfriend. Yeah. You don't know anything going in. There's no dialogue. You just see her escaping. And um, she looks like someone who's gone the... to great care over months of preparation. Right. And she to it, plan an escape from this situation. Right. And she executes every just moment, every glance back at him, every, you know, then the scene, you know, then the dog uh, yeah. sets off the car alarm and then she has to run for it. And you're just feeling so much for this person. You have no idea. Yeah. She scales a wall a, like she's about her. Homer running out of Mr. But Burns like, run, <laughs> place, you yeah. know, like she's just like a trapped sex slave or something in there. Like the movie starts pretty mysteriously and yeah high tension but it puts you right in her shoes oh yeah which is what this movie does this movie gets you really right right in her character's head mm-hmm. um, because she's escaping an abusive relationship she's holed up at a, a friend's her her sister's ex-husband's house <laughs> so <laughs> we have some if only i can be blessed with someone who's my you know sibling's ex who will yeah. take me in and house me for a month rent free and also be my live-in therapist, and also be the best man, you know. Yeah, man, I can't imagine this guy, my this sister James character, getting married, divorcing a guy, and then I go into rehab, and then I just go and stay with her <laughs> ex-husband for like a year and a half. <laughs> it does feel like she's there a while. <laughs> no, they said like, hey, it's been a year today. Really? Yeah. That long? It's been at least a year. Holy Bas- shit. Yeah, they, this, she recovers this... for over a year. This movie takes its time. Because there's all these like connection. baby steps that she takes after escaping that trauma, mm-hmm. where it's like, that was the farthest you've walked outside, which is her going to like the edge of the sidewalk and running back to the house. Right. And then it's like, you, there was some line that was like, do you remember like six months ago when you couldn't even do blah, blah, blah? It's like, oh my gosh. Jeez. I am, so she's just basically living there then. I oh yeah, she's okay. non-rent paying tenant <laughs> in her sister's ex-husband's house. The guy's an angel. This guy. I am getting real sick of these overly nice dudes in horror movies. I'm getting really annoyed with it. We're eating up the screen time with their benevolent gifts. In Doctor Sleep, which was a two and a half hour movie, we got a lot of scenes with his like rehab angel. Right. That the guy just takes him in off the street for yeah. no reason whatsoever. No reason, just because he sees something in him. He recognizes it. You've been riding the rails, huh, kid? <laughs> it's like Jesus. <laughs> this guy but that even that, that's like, yeah, this guy like slept in a bed with <laughs> <laughs> cooked all yeah. of his meals for four years, and now, like, what? Well, it, what does this guy have going on in his life that he's exactly. taking on these people? And, and in this movie, this guy is very much like he's a cop, he's a single father, and he's also just plain, or not plain, he's, he's just treating this woman with kid gloves and being like, hey, you made it all the way out to the mailbox. This dude That's is so the great. most. I'm so happy for you. Like, really laying it on pretty he's thick. He's supportive in every single way that nobody could be right and yeah kind of unrealistic and a cop and a single dad which they don't explain that either we know he's been married at least twice i don't know i don't know i don't know why women why are women leaving this dude (laughs) that's a great question why is this guy divorced this guy who is father of the fucking year 
this yeah. guy who's like the, Why the cop we, of the month. Women can't He's the one good to... guy on the force. <laughs> can't keep a woman to save his life. Oh, the only women that he takes in now are rehab cases. And the sister and him obviously get along. There's one scene where she comes over and they're like play punching each other and like, ah, yeah. you, you all crazy. This guy has like, such... These the, people are on good terms for being divorced. has such a chill relationship with all of, with everyone there. Yeah. And so... It lulls you into that sense of security. The movie is... But there's a great moment, too, like, before we get off that, where they're mm-hmm. they're having, like, a pillow fight and stuff. A pillow fight was was enough. And then, and then <laughs> but it cuts to an angle, like, down the hallway. And you just get I this know. view down the hall. And then all of a sudden, the it, it turns. Like you said, this movie you're conflicted on. I left the theater pretty high on it. Pretty high on it. Mm-hmm. And then... Some things have been nibbling at me mm-hmm. the last uh, the last two or three days. We just saw it earlier this week. But there is those kind of shots that kind of lend the professionalism of it. They the execution. They kind of keep its floor high. The execution's really great. Yeah. And if you're going to have a person be in a movie for two hours uh, in this kind of role, Elizabeth Moss has shown that, yeah. she. I mean, her smell, I think she was in every single scene. The movie's mm. two hours and 20 minutes long. Jeez. She's she's at this point just carrying movies and l- raising the floor of these movies. Maybe that's in her contract. She's like, I'm only doing movies where it's just <laughs> yeah. me. I need to be in every shot. I'm the only person on the poster. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. This is a Moss film. But, I mean, it, it doesn't work without her giving this very relatable, endearing, emotional performance that's not too over the top. She doesn't no. do the trauma too over the top. But the good news for the movie is... Since so much of the movie is her and these mood-establishing shots, which are the two strengths of the movie, Mm -hmm. the bulk of the movie, I think, is a success. The director is really good at making use of space. Totally. Making use of blank parts of rooms. Empty space, yeah. Where that's when it was really hitting the best with me was when it was really getting the best parts of when a stranger calls back. Mm. that feeling of... Go back, listen to that episode we talked about. Listen to the episode, definitely see that movie. It's on Amazon Prime, 1993, When a Stranger Calls Back. It's the best. But that vibe of, she may be totally alone right now. She may not be. Mm -hmm. This person's shown that they have a way of getting in, and she's the only one that's seeing it. And it's one of those great movie and horror movie conundrums of... The more you explain the problem, the more everybody is just like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. it's worse than we thought. Well, she th- she's been told. So at one point, Elizabeth Moss, her character, Cecilia, is told that the abusive ex-boyfriend, who's an optics uh, genius, if How you want to know why he's in a palatial you... estate, he's, he's basically the Mark Zuckerberg of an optics company, which whatever an optics company is, you, you tell me. Have you heard the word optics anymore in a movie? Well, they wanted to let you know. Optics, eyes, seen, not seen. Mm-hmm. This guy knows what to do. They were dro- There was one scene where every character was dropping an optics, and then it would cut <laughs> back to the next one. It's just like, well, I mean, when you're an optics engineer, it's like, <laughs> everybody's saying optics so much? And making sure you know. But she, uh, yeah, she's told that he's committed suicide mm. and he's dead and she gets some money from the brother who's a shady character but then she doesn't believe he's dead yeah well she has pretty good reason to believe it and the movie has to thread that needle of whether or not she is crazy 
Right. Which is a tough rope to walk. The crazy character who's, you know, we've, we've talked about. And when it's a success, it plays off really great. And overall, I think this was a good success. Did you ever at any point think there was not going to be an Invisible Man? I did. That it was all going to be in her head? I did. And by the end of it, I think that would have been for the best. Mm. I think it was, it's a riskier move to have literally no man and just have this woman haunted by trauma. But it's been done. It's possible to execute it. Woman haunted by her past or whatever. And with what we'll talk about in a bit, how the movie kind of closes out its third act, uh, I think it would have been cooler and more memorable. Interesting. If you left it as nothing. The brother has a great uh, line. The brother of her abusive. uh, Yeah. The the brother of the supposedly dead invisible man. We also never quite hear what specific ways he's abusive. We get the idea that he's a narcissist. Right. But. They keep it pretty in the dark what he actually did. There was physical, emotional, Mm -hmm. verbal abuse. She was controlled, you know, kept captive. But, uh, yeah, you don't have to see the gory details of that. But the brother has a great line about, you know, the only thing more brilliant than becoming invisible is making someone think you have. Yeah. And how, yeah, maybe that's not there. But she she swears he's there. Yeah. And and the camera is, uh, it sees things from her point of view but it has such a great way of looking at the corner of a room and nothing's there but letting your mind's eye yeah and it it feels like that could be done as a trick to be really exploitative you know to really play on there was no uh i i didn't get the sense of any cheap scares Mm -hmm. in this movie it handled that kind of stuff with a little grace which made it more effective as a horror vehicle uh, like you said, a shot down a hallway. Yeah. You get suddenly. It was a great. That was really great. Couple. And the shot where she's just kind of what? Reading or knitting or something. And then she just kind of looks up. Mm-hmm. Like. She just kind of senses that someone's in the room. Yeah. That kind of a thing. And I think everybody knows that feeling. Everybody's had that. Mm-hmm. You know, that sense that you're not alone. Even when you are definitely. I mean, geez, at least I have. I hope everybody else has kind of assumed there. But that feeling of like, I know I'm home alone here, but that's a weird sound that I've never heard before. Right. Coming from a part of the house that I don't hear a sound from. There's always that kind of thing. And the movie's really good at playing up those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I think when it goes bigger is where it loses me. When it's playing with those kind of psychological things, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was really strong. With her performance... And his mood capturing. Mm -hmm. I was pretty high on it for the bulk of this movie. Yeah, most of that kind of middle of the movie is is her feeling stalked. Mm -hmm. And then the probably about halfway through the big turning, big surprise happens. It's not a cheap scare, but the dinner with the sister. Oh, yeah. Suddenly, a knife appears out of nowhere. (laughs) And the Invisible Man has framed her for murder of slitting her sister's throat at a dinner table. Yeah, we really get... It's, Holy shit. We, uh... That came out of nowhere. <laughs> this episode will probably come out first, but we also talked about uh, Candyman. In yeah. A, which will come out in a future episode. And we just lucked into this week two different stories about a woman constantly left holding a knife. <laughs> right. Without ever, without ever getting to actually slit somebody's throat, just constantly blamed for it. Right. Because we go into a long, 
<laughs> her getting constantly set up by an invisible guy, sometimes with almost, uh, you know, Looney Tunes singing frog kind of effect. Like, I swear, the guy was just here. Right. I'm holding this dripping knife. It's very much, uh, yeah, we we never see the invisible man. Uh, we never, you know, the one thing that's missing from this movie is the clothes yes. that are dancing around without a body in them and stuff. But I love that kind of stuff. The they, menace of his presence is definitely still there. Yeah, they, they did the menace well, and I'm not sure how I feel about the absence of, I really have a fondness for the old effects right. from those invisible man, the the... You know, the undressing and the, like, the, wait a minute, is he just walking around naked in the snow? Exactly. He's making those footprints right now. Um, the movie handles some footprint stuff pretty cool. There's some stuff like that. I think it does a really good job, again, with that space. Mm-hmm. We get a great scene where she throws, what? Uh, some paint on Paint or, or something. something. She's up in an attic where it seems that he's been hiding out. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, then she throws some paint on him on the ladder, but... Yeah, he's not. See, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. Uh, I, I think you're having a hard time vocalizing what you. There's well, just something that feels a little bit empty about uh, the big third act kind of stuff. Yeah, because I don't get any kind of sense of connection to this guy, so I never has that same kind of Terminator effect on me. Mm-hmm. That this, the Terminator, I think is you know one of the strongest movies possible about a woman finally getting the strength to leave a man the shit linda hamilton has to go through <laughs> to get this man out of her life right yeah this and cre- this creep that won't leave her alone and as much as i this movie is so tough for me because there's stuff that i that i think it benefits from that at the same time it hurts the movie i think the movie's too long but I also think some of those long, quiet scenes added to the mood. Right, right. You know, it really added to the tension, and that sense of menace was a good word that you used. But then I also kept thinking it was too long. So it's like, kept <laughs> trying to thread this needle and not and kind of getting both sides of it, kind of wobbling a bicycle down uh, the final third of the movie. Right. Well, and, you know, I I loved the the use of the blank space and you know, the, the reveal shots where he got paint on him or uh, the footprints on a sheet kind of thing. That was very mm-hmm. cool. And the way he could immediately disappear. I loved the way they handled all that. And I think what finally pushed me, I still don't dislike this movie. This is going to sound like we're overly negative because overall I still think I'm, I'm up. Mm-hmm. But once it was just revealed to be like a cool optics uh, Black Panther suit. Ooh, couldn't get us into that. Yeah, that's my main conflict with the movie is that uh, he's not invisible. He's wearing an invisibility suit. Yeah. And I hate to be pedantic about it, but... It was more Marvel than I wanted. It, yeah. All it, of a sudden. It turns... She she finally draws him out because she's uh, been told she's pregnant with yeah. his child. And she knows he knows because he's always in the room. And so she draws him out by pretending to... I well, uh, want to kill herself. So the thing is, though, which I'm realizing now you might not have got because you didn't realize she was holed up for over a year. That means if she's pregnant now, he somehow got with her. Yeah, I guess I while never... While invisible. I guess that's why I never maybe you thought didn't, it... Because you didn't realize she I was assumed, there for over a year. I assumed it was like, oh, it must have been like two months later. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. No. 
she got inseminated <laughs> while post his suicide. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it makes that uh, makes her situation seem even worse. That's, but that's too bad. Yeah, that's a shame. I'm like staring. I've got the thousand yards. Yeah, you really. Uh, like, I kind of kind of hit you with that. Ah, hit you with that. That's tough. I'm going to take anyways. it from here while Charlie <laughs> recoils. And uh... Well, anyways, she finally lashes out. She gets him. She she grabs onto him. She stabs him with a pen. And then that's when we find out it's basically a suit made out of cameras. They never even really explain how the suit that's works. Where that, but... That's where the kind of thing falls apart. You get... Invisible Man, it's that old kiss, man. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> How'd that guy get invisible? He drank an invisibility potion. He made a potion, yeah. There you go. Done. I didn't see how the sausage was made, so this is even weirder. <laughs> this guy is an optics guy. Oh, apparently he just also built a suit. Like, this guy has just privately been building an invisibility suit in his living room. Like, she has full access to this room. It's not like he has a secret hidden lab where he's doing this. And so for a year, he's only been using this groundbreaking technology to stalk his ex-girlfriend he could be making billions of dollars and instead he's just like i'm gonna fuck with elizabeth moss for (laughs) the next year and a half it just it didn't i i had had trouble wrapping my head around the whole why but as i'm explaining the movie to my wife the next day you know i say i don't really understand why he's obsessed with her and she's like does he need a reason and that's the success of the movie yeah. is the feeling of pow- being stalked powerlessly and the feeling like that you didn't do anything wrong, but you're still getting this unwanted attention. You're still getting this unwanted harassment yeah. for doing nothing yeah, for no reason. And that's, and that's what so that... many women are dealing with on a day-to-day basis that never occurs to that's me. That's the huge strength of this movie is the reality of like, yeah, what reason did they have? Mm-hmm. I had a friend in high school who some guy got obsessed with her. Never dangerous. Never l- technically dangerous stuff. But for like two months straight, he would park his car right outside her room and just sit in his car playing music for like two months. Not talking That's to creepy. her. That's not dangerous, technically. But it's something Certainly that unsettling. like... Nobody's doing that to me. Nobody's yeah. doing that to you. And so using the invisible man to show Wait, like was your friend named Patrick? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a couple months with Pat. I know that dude. <laughs> man, I have like four friends. Do you have to pick the actual name of one of them? <laughs> There's so many different names pick, of guys pick, that you could have chosen. Pick the white guy name. What yeah. are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> but so it's that very real danger and that very real horror that women go through Mm -hmm. and that's where elizabeth moss is so valuable because she is able to be that every woman character and that's why i think the movie overall is a pretty good success yeah because it took something really tough subject matter wise and yeah threw in like a cool ant-man suit yeah for like no reason well to me again i feel like i feel like a a nerd or a you know a pedantic asshole being like (laughs) well technically um, yeah but i mean to me the appeal of the invisible man and why he's a monster is he's physically become invisible and goes insane with it yeah like if the wolf man was a dude in like a cool wolf suit yeah (laughs) like oh he just has a like a modern wolf suit Huh. Yeah, exactly. That's or, weird. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those where it's like, oh, so you just 
He made a gill man suit that can swim underwater for a, a long time. He's an asshole in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the whole asshole in a suit it. thing really takes a lot of wind out of the yeah. of the monster thing. I guess so. For me. Yeah. For a guy who likes those monsters. Well, the thing is it that means it kind of Maybe flops it it as like real. a monster and it also flops as like a sadistic obsessive boyfriend because it gives him this weird un- inhuman superpower mm-hmm. so i i don't know it it feels like it's setting up a, a bigger falser hero for her to conquer kind of thing and it, that makes it feel kind of phony when it had felt so real mm-hmm. for so much of the movie it really felt like her trauma and then it became kind of a also an action movie it got to upgrade Basically. Right, right. Two upgrade, not enough Invisible Man. Yeah, I think that could be said. Uh, there's a couple cool twists. I don't think we really want to yeah, give away the end twists. Yeah. But um, but I think it does them well. I think I think it handles them well. The final scene I liked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciated it, but it becomes, yeah, just more more of an action revenge thriller. Yeah, and or, I, love or a, I love a revenge thriller. Uh, and I, But I... I or like sleeping with the enemy, kind of a kind of a. It did. That's a good. That's a good reference. You know that kind of definitely had a sleep. With er- the not ero- It wasn't erotic, but it was like the lover who's dangerous and we, you we know, unlawful on, entry kind of a thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. We hit on this earlier, and the first movie that came to mind when I was like, "What does this movie remind me of?" It'd be cool if the first movie was when a stranger calls back, right? Because that's a cool movie. For me to mentally associate with. But when the first movie was like, oh, yeah, that movie's kind of like a hollow man. Hmm. Like the least cool movie. Well, you know, a hollow man type movie. Bringing up hollow man, I will say that I think the invisible man as a character has had the weakest string of like remakes and reboots. You didn't like Chevy Chase? I didn't like the memoirs. Is that, is that not your favorite John Carpenter um, <laughs> movie? Was that a John Carpenter movie? He did his uh, studio hire. He needed some oh. needed some bucks. I thought that was a John Landis thing. Oh well. No memoirs of an invisible man. Um, Carpenter. Hollow Man's not great. Yeah. No. Every other character seems to have gotten like you know at least it's it's American Werewolf in London kind of shoot off or sure. the, the Brendan Fraser mummy movies are amazing, fun, <laughs> great stuff. Good mixture of fun. This movie was going to be part of that dark universe reboot they tried to do a couple years ago when they made the Mummy with oh, with Tom Cruise. Cruise. I didn't see that. Uh, so I didn't help though. There's this famous photo from like a photo shoot where it's Tom Cruise, Johnny Depp, and Johnny Depp was going to be the original Invisible Man. Oh. And then it was like Javier Bardem was going to be maybe the Wolfman. Mm. Russell Crowe was do Bard- uh, like Paul Nashi, the Senor Lobo. They're going to get a new uh, Spanish werewolf superstar. I would hope so. God, they tried it with Benicio del Toro. You know that movie gets it, it gets a lot dumped of dumb, on, but I enjoy it. That's a fun. If that that's the kind of thing. If it came out 2020 at Third Street, I would see it at Third Street and be like. You guys, you know that movie. You gotta see the Wolfman. If I'm not mistaken, that Wolfman 20, uh, 2010, 2010 Wolfman. Yeah, that's an Academy Award winner because Rick Baker, Rick Baker did, the, did makeup the makeup and won the fucking Academy Award for like it. The Academy Award nominee Norbit. The makeup is great. <laughs> oh yeah. And Del Toro, come on, man. You what can't, more do you need from a wrong. cool wolf movie than cool wolf makeup? Exactly. So yeah, people were unfairly harsh to that. Yeah. So 
but the, what matters is... That was better than is, The Mummy that Tom Cruise did. Yeah. But, so they're kind of doing this new... I get, you know, maybe if they're still trying to do the Dark Universe thing, it's they're going to be their own individual Well, things. this was definitely a success. So, absolutely. This was the biggest universal monster hit in some time. Quite a bit. Yeah, I would Of think the original so. monsters. And uh, as soon as this did become a hit, you heard news that they're going to make a Dracula movie. Oh, I, actually, I did not well, hear I news. heard news that they're... Okay. they're they, uh, I think they hired the woman who directed Destroyer with oh, Nicole Kidman from like a couple that. years ago. That's been on my list. We'll have to watch that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd um, be a good, good cast. But yeah, so maybe maybe Universal Monsters are making a comeback. I don't know. We'll see. But this was good. Um, it's This one's worth watching. It's got a lot of strong messages. It's got a lot of good tension. Yeah. It's got some cool horror and a, a couple of effects of gore. I miss the Invisible Man in a shirt when you just see the shirt floating around. <laughs> I miss you, that simple kind you of visual. get your hopes up during the... They did like a nice little allusion to that. When she wakes up in bed and there's the mannequin. Oh, the mannequin the, wearing the, the coat clothes. rack kind of at the end of the bed wearing clothes that looked very similar to the Claude Rains. Uh, wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. Not enough for you? Nah. Yeah, I miss the practicality of that. This this did get very effectsy. Like I said, it very... like It was Black Panther. Yeah. The effects look impressive, but I didn't want that effect yeah. in this movie. Exactly. It didn't need that effect. Uh they I mean obviously it's it's a financial success and if I were to put a percentage on how much I liked versus disliked, the how much I liked would crush the how much I didn't like. Yeah. I think so a 7 out get, of 10 is is, is a, uh-huh. a good If we high get this score. success level for future Universal Monster stuff, I'll take it. I'll be into all that. So, because whatever I disliked about this one, I'm overall the strongest stuff they handled incredibly well. And there that's what that's what I'm going to remember. And again, another great Elizabeth Moss performance. Great performance. Overall, overall a good movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just realized Elizabeth Shue was the woman in Hollow Man. Oh, yeah. It's weird, man. <laughs> it's weird. Joey Schlotnick is in Hollow Man. <laughs> So it's come to this. I'm Charlie. <laughs> I'm Eric. We'll see you we'll next time. We'll be back with the Rest in Peace Joey Slotnick cast. <laughs>